Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. And welcome back to Under Review, the podcast with Steve and Greg. I'm Steve. And Greg, how are you? How's it going, man? It's uh, it's it's been a wild a wild couple of days with the combine, um, but yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun to uh, to follow it to see who the Rangers are interviewing and stuff like that, and you know who who gets the the who gets through all the testing and yeah, I really I really find this one of the more interesting parts of the year with the combine and the draft and then free agency. It's it's very exciting. For me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all about free agency in the draft, but the combine, I don't know, I never got into it. It's, just, it's like a whatever to me, but yeah. Uh, and of course, the Stanley Cup final is still on. Did yeah. you watch any of it? I, I am watching it, and um, games one and two were pretty, game three was an absolute snooze fest. Um, just Boston, just, they, they, they just smoked, they, they smoked St. Louis, they, they walked right through them. Um, yeah. I'm interested to see what happens, uh, you know, Game four tonight. I'm I'm really interested in that. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be. I want to see if St. Louis can 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 battle back and try to even the series out and you know regain, um, you know kind of like a little bit of uh, some feel good feeling in this in this series because so I think that when I looked at all three games they played, St. Louis was was kind of out. They were they were outplayed, you know, really well in game three. Game one, they were they were outplayed as well. Game two was kind of like a seesaw back and forth, and they won that overtime game, which Saint, which you know, let's be honest, Boston could have very easily won that won that game too. Yep. Boston could Boston could be up three no three zero in the series, very easily. So it, it's it, it's a weird it's a weird series, man. It almost it almost reminds me a little bit of the Rangers Kings series in some in some way. And what I mean by that is the Rangers are in these they're. they're they could very easily, you know, switch. The series could very easily shift one way or the other, um, mm-hmm. you know, even though it might look as like Boston could very well win this series in five or six games, and maybe one or two games could have been swayed the other way. Um, and that, that's what I mean by that. Um, not not in terms of like you know equality, because I think the Rangers King series was much more an equal footing because of Henrik Lundqvist. But I actually, I mean, Boston's actually outplaying St. Louis for the most part. Um, I think St. Louis has got lucky a little bit. We'll see what happens. I, I, I still, I, I think St. Louis still has a heartbeat. They could still, they could still come back and, and win this series. It's not impossible. Um, I think it's going to be very difficult, though. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for St. Louis. And I mean, would the, what what this series reminds this series reminds me of. Is actually the uh, the 2011 Stanley Cup final when the Boston Bruins beat the Vancouver Canucks because in that series every game that Boston won they won relatively easy but every game that Vancouver won they had to grind until the last moment to to you know to get to a hard fought win. Yeah, you know that's probably a better example. You know, yeah, screw screw mine. Yours is a better example. <laughs> and yeah, that 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 series went to seven games, but it never it was never really close. Yeah, because that, because the Boston wins, yeah, the Boston wins were just so convincing that year, and yeah, on Saturday they they beat St. Louis in their home seven two, and to me game four 
when when a series is at two one, game four to me is the most interesting game of the series, because you either tie it up at two two, or you you make it three one and then you just one win away. This game four can 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 really determine the outcome of 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 the Stanley Cup final. If Boston wins tonight, they go back home for game five, and they have to win one out of the last three, two of which are in Boston. Yeah, I, I actually do agree with that. Um, I would even take it... Let, all right, let me ask you this. What are the chances... What are the chances um, that St. Louis wins this series? Well, since, since Boston is up 2-1, I would say it's probably 60-40 in Boston's favor, just because they have the 2-1 lead. But... Yeah, I hate I hate agreeing with that. You know, I just I just I just hate I just hate the Bruins, man. I really do. I I, I would love to say 50-50, but it's never really 50-50 because after game 2, St. Louis takes it back home tied 1-1. Advantage St. Louis. Right. And then they get and then they get the doors blown off in game 3 and then the, and then and the ice is completely tilted in in, and, in favor and, of Boston. Yeah. And now they have to win game four before they go back to Boston. Otherwise, you look at a 3-1 deficit, and that's, that's killing. So yeah, it, it I agree. A, a, seven, a, a best of seven series is, is, is so difficult to predict, and especially in hockey. And, and some people will hate me for saying this, but out of, out of the major sports in, the, in North America, hockey is probably the one sport that's, that's, that's the most difficult to predict. Because it's a game of inches, more so than football, or, and, and you know, and 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 pucks that bounce the, that bounce your way or they don't. Um, uh, a, a puck is deflected and it ends up and, and and it ends up going going through the five hole. Hockey is not something that that you can predict, and that's why you see the worst team in the league, Ottawa. I think they beat Tampa. They definitely beat them once this season, but maybe even twice. The worst yeah. team in the league beat the best team in the league. And in other sports, you don't really see that. But the best team and the worst team are still so close in terms of uh, uh, quality and possible outcome because of the way the game is played. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I still, I mean, I, I, give, I give St. Louis, I'll say this. I think tonight's game is really going to be a pivotal test for, for the Blues. If yep. they can somehow... I, I, I don't want to see them win a game, like just skate through. I, they need to dominate a game. They do. They, to, just for a feeling of like we can we can play 60 minutes with Boston, you know, and, and skate with them for 60 minutes. None of this like we're going to take a period off, maybe come back and get an overtime win. Feeling Like I just I, don't, I, I think that for their own psyche, not only do they need to win, but they need to win convincingly. Now, they don't have to win score wise big. They just have to outplay them for 60 minutes. Yeah, control the game. Yeah, exactly. They just need to be, that's the best that, that best word you use. They need to be in control of the game for 60 minutes and feel like they can dictate the pace of this game, which yeah. I'm not sure if they can do. I mean, the thing is, is that, is that Boston is just doing everything right. Boston's doing everything right. And let's be honest here, Bennington's had a bad series. He's had a great season, but yeah, he's had a great season. But this, but the Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup Finals, he's been bad. Yeah. He's been bad. He's gotten exposed a little bit, especially especially in the five hole. He's got exposed. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it's becoming a question of like now, you know, is is you know Tuka Rask's experience starting to come into a little bit of a play over you know the rookie Bennington? 
is it that? Is it, you know, that, that first line that, that Boston has, it's just, you know, that's so dynamic and can do so many things. Is it, you know, Boston's um, defense that's, that's at, I mean, let's, let's, let's face it. It's, it's probably better than St. Louis's. Um, maybe it's Boston scoring depth because I think they had seven different goal scorers in, in Saturday's game. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, that's another little fun nugget. So there's just, I think Boston just outplaying them, um, in, in, in a lot of spots. The thing yeah. for me is I, I, and it, but the, but, but it's a two, one series. It can very easily shift the other way. What St. Louis has to do it, for the, like I said, they have to win tonight, but for me, they have to win in a convincing fashion. And that, that doesn't mean they have to win six, nothing. They can literally win two, one. But they have to win 2-1 where they've controlled the game for 50 minutes. They have to win where they, they, they are dictating the pace for 50 minutes. They yeah. have Boston on their heels and not on their toes for 50 minutes. That, to me, is going to be a big dictator in where this series goes. Then the next question is going to be, can they go into Boston? Yeah, they, 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 you know, they, they luckily won a game two in overtime. But can they win another game in Boston? Because now, because, because you've lost a game at home, you have to steal another game in Boston. So it's going to be, can they win big at home and feel good? And then can they steal another game in Boston? That's a yeah. lot to ask. But tonight, it, tonight's it, the start it, of that. Yeah, it is a lot to ask. But like I said before, you know, it's hockey. Anything can happen. And if 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 one hit goes your way where, where you know, and, and I, ho- I hope that this doesn't happen. But if one hit goes your way and, and, Mar- and Bergeron or Marchand or Pasternak is out for the series, that, that changes everything. Well, yeah, I mean, injuries always change, always change things. And, like, yeah, and somebody and, goes down, change, that always changes. Yeah, yeah, but in, in my opinion, uh, the team that wins the cup is usually the team that has the least amount of injuries to deal with during the postseason. Yeah, there's, some, yeah, that, there's probably a good correlation there. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, should be a fun, should be a fun game four. I'm looking forward to it. Um, the Stanley Cup playoffs this year have been nothing short of fantastic. It's been lots of upsets. Um, we've had a bunch of, you know, overtime games. It's been really fun. And it's been really fun watching teams like, you know, New Carolina team. make a run yes. and Tampa Bay get knocked out early yeah. and, and see teams on the rise, like, like Carolina, like, uh, like Colorado is on the rise. Now yeah. you're starting, you know what I mean? Like there's lots of little storylines that I'm, that I'm finding fun here. Maybe the downfall of the Penguins and, you know, and the Caps, maybe they're kind of on the way out in terms of being a top team in the league. Maybe this is maybe this is a changing of the tide. Maybe this is now Carolina's future and, you know, teams like like Colorado, maybe the, you know, if the Rangers, you know, tend to hit this rebuild right, they're more in the in the future, you know? So like it's just nice to see a changing of the tide. It's not it's not Tampa Bay, it's not Toronto, it's not, you know, I mean obviously Boston is still there. It's still Boston, yeah. yeah. Boston really does, I mean like yeah, so they're still one of the you know top teams, but we're definitely seeing some more parity. We're seeing some more uh, some of the younger teams play well, and, yeah. and that to me is super. That to me is, is the most exciting thing, you know. And that, that I, I I agree with that. You know, it's nice to see some new teams make it to the playoffs and actually do some damage in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, the four wildcard teams made it to the second round. That's yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they were and D- Dallas won around. Um, you know they they played well. Dallas played well. Colorado played well. Carolina played well. The, you know the Islanders swept Pittsburgh. I mean, and like, then got swept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's just a lot of fun things to to you know to, to be happy about for the future of hockey. There's, I mean, the, these these teams are on the rise, and I think you know 
Um, if I was a betting man, you know, like I, I think I said in one, in one of my previous podcasts um, I used to do with Tony was that at some point in our near future, the Penguins are going to be on the downside. They're going to be in the rearview mirror for a lot of teams. Um, you know, it's just this the way nature works, you know, Crosby and Malkin. And, you know, now we're hearing rumors of Kessel being gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just there's going to be a time where we're going to move on from this and they're going to have to knock this down a little bit. And they're yeah. always going to keep they're always going to keep Crosby as their as their star. But they're going to have to start, you know, pack, you know, sending out guys and start, you know, trying to rebuild a little bit. And this year getting getting smoked by the Islanders might have been a wake up call for the front office of like, hey. We can't ice the same old old guys anymore. We've might have we've might have peaked, and we mm. might be on the downside now. So let's start getting in front of this thing. Yeah, and and like a decade ago, or more than a decade ago, we saw the same thing with teams like Detroit and Colorado and New Jersey. You know, they they won a couple of cups. They were always up there. They were always competing for 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 the Stanley Cup, and then they slowly faded away in, into the background. And Detroit, of course, made the playoffs twenty five years in a row. But they were never <laughs> after 2009. They they were never really in it to win it, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and and hopefully now we get to see the same thing with teams like Pittsburgh and Washington and and Boston, because that that's what makes for me living in Europe. That's what makes American sports so great. The system where you have a close league with the draft, it creates uh, a system where over time you see different teams. Uh, uh, battle for 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 the championships, whereas in in Europe, for instance, in soccer or football, um, there's no draft. It's a promotion relegation system, and you you buy players and you sell them or you loan them, and you see the same teams every year winning the championship. I, I grew up in the Netherlands. In the in the last I think forty or forty five years. Uh, only five teams have won the championship, and two of those have only won it once. It's it, there's the top three teams who basically win everything every year. And if you're a fan of one of those top teams, it's great. But I, as a fan of one of those top teams, didn't really care when they won their 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 fourth national title in a row because it doesn't mean anything. It devalues a championship if you win them over and over again, and that's why. American sports with a draft system, to me, are so much more interesting to watch because you never know what's going to happen in five years. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a good point. It's a good segue. So, so speaking of the draft, let's get into the draft a little bit. So you, you, you spent a lot of time looking at the, the combine stuff. So any, any interesting stuff that we could take from that? I mean, I'm, I'm not a combine guy, so mm-hmm. uh, I'll well, the floor. Um, I, I was happy that the Rangers released some content uh, about the combine. They posted some videos on Twitter, um, like one minute, one a minute and a half videos, uh, where they had Nick Bobrov and Gordy Clark and Adam Graves talk, and and they they showed some 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 short, like a few seconds of prospects that they had in the room that they were interviewing. Um, and I, I was immediately hooked. I was excited. I wanted to figure out who the prospects were. So I decided to try and identify them. And with a little bit of help here and there from people, I managed to do that. Um, and of course, you know, the, the usual suspects were there. Like they interviewed Jack Hughes, Cole Caulfield, Cam York, uh, uh, Alex Turcotte, uh, the, the players that you expect to, to be in the room with them for an interview. 
even though they're not going to be in a position to draft a guy like Alex Turcotte, it's it's a good opportunity to get a feel for the guy, ask him some questions, you know, you, and this is what we discussed with Drew last week. You right. know, these teams interview players not because they want to draft them now per se, but what if in three, four, five years they are available in a trade or in free agency or whatever? Then all of a sudden you can just go go into your file cabinet and you can grab the file and you have all these, you have this whole report on the player and you can just browse through it because you have it on file. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to see, of course, the uh, the, the the bigger prospects on there. Um, and then there were some some guys who who didn't really have that many interviews. There was a guy, uh, Ryder Donovan. I think he only was only interviewed by four teams, and the Rangers were one of them. Huh. Now who's who's he? Uh, Ryder Donovan plays in the uh, uh, U.S. Uh, in U.S. high school, um, and he is. I think he's committed to. I think he is going to Wisconsin. Let me quickly check. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's going to Wisconsin next season, so he'll be playing with Keandre Miller. So that's already a connection to to potentially look into. Um, and this past season, he played for um, for um, Dubuque, and you know. It, some 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 people say you know why would you draft a kid out of high school but you know Chris Kreider and Derek Stepan just to name two examples were also drafted out of high school yeah um, so it's not necessarily a bad thing um, and this guy Donovan I'm pretty sure the Rangers saw something of him already because he played for Dubuque in the in the U.S. Hockey League as well a couple of games where he played with uh, Simon Shelberg who the Rangers drafted last year. Um, and that for me is always interesting, you know, to see if there are already connections with the organization. Right. So, yeah, Ryder Donovan is an interesting one. Uh, then you have Cade Weber, who they also interviewed, um, who uh, is going to the uh, BCHL, the British Columbia Hockey League, uh, and is committed to Boston University the season after, which is an interesting situation. A little Quinn connection there. It's an interesting situation because it's similar to Stephen Fogarty, who the Rangers drafted. And by going to the BCHL and then college, you basically retain his rights for five years and not four. So a little more control there. You have a little bit more control. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting for, for the player. It's interesting for the team. But I don't think it's, it, it is a reason for teams to take a player because of that. Um, but... You know, if, if, if you're looking for a player, it's nice to have that extra year of control. Uh, and these are the, the guys like Ryder, uh, Ryder Donovan uh, and, and Cade Weber and, and Ryan Johnson and Trevor uh, Yannicki. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, you know, those are, those are kids that you draft in like the fourth round, fifth round, sixth round. Um, so not necessarily the guys that everyone gets excited about. Yeah, yeah. These are these are these are guys that you're looking at later later on that you might be available. You you know you have uh, you might have a little rapport with them, someone you you like a lot, and you've interviewed for them, and you know they're 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 higher on your on your list. And if they're around in the fourth fifth round, maybe you take them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, other players that they met with that I recognized in the videos were uh, Peyton Krebs, who played okay. for Kootenay Ice in the Western Hockey League. Right. Uh, Dylan Cousins, who is projected to maybe even be a top five pick, but with with so many with so many things with so many moving parts around the top ten, 
you never know which player is going to fall out of the top 10. We saw yeah. this last year. We saw this well, last year with Oliver Wallstrom, who the was only, the, the only player I think you mentioned that I think is not going to fall in the top 10 that they interviewed. Obviously, Jack Hughes, obviously. Yeah, but and Turcotte. And yeah, Turka. I, 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 there's no that kid. I don't think he's going to be there past five. No, I just don't think so. Um, no. I think if he is for whatever insane reason, that guy is still there. You know, like six, seven, eight, or something like that. I mean, try to see if you can move up to get him because that, that, that. You know, what I mean, to me, there are two. There are two kids. I mean, obviously, outside of you know, in that next tier we're talking about that I'm super that I, I really, really like a lot, and they're both American kids, and that's Alex Turcott. <laughs> Excuse me, and Trevor Zegers. Yeah, those are two kids that, for me personally, if I can move up and get them, um, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna break my bank, I would do it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's the thing, you know, that you interview these kids because you never know what's gonna happen. Because what if they fall to, let's say, the tenth overall pick or the eleventh overall pick, which is uh, Philly's pick, which has been rumored to be in play for for on the trade market for a a, a roster player. What if the Rangers trade for the 11th overall pick by, I don't know, maybe giving up Chris Kreider? All of a sudden, you have an 11th overall pick, and, and you are in that, in that range where one of them will fall out of the top 10, and, and maybe it will be Zegers who falls out of the top 10. Because last year, and you probably remember this, uh, fifth overall, Arizona went with Barrett Hayton. No one saw that coming. Yeah, yeah, that, that, and that threw the whole draft off. That threw the whole draft off, and, and players kept falling, and Kravtsov was picked ninth overall, which was higher than everyone expected. I remember Bob McKenzie had him at like 14 or 15. So yeah, you always have one or two players who jump into the top 10, and by doing so, automatically push two players out of the top 10. So that 11th or 12th overall pick could be very interesting for a team like the Rangers, who are in a full-on rebuild and have the assets to trade up. They have the 20th overall pick. They have two picks in the second round. They have their... They're very high third round pick, um, so they have the ammunition to make things happen by oh, trading. Yeah. Oh yeah, plus they got. I mean, they've got they've got cap space that they can they can offer to to you know to offset for people and, and buy out bad bad contracts. Yeah. They could, I mean, there's there's just, there's lots of ways the Rangers the Rangers have tons of assets. I don't ever think that's the problem. It's got to be whatever. It's got to be what they like, and if it falls to a certain pecking order that that fits for them, if it falls into a slot that 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 is able, they're able to move into. That's really what it comes down to. That's where the ma- that's where the magic either happens or doesn't happen. That that player has to slide into a spot where that team is like, eh, I don't really care about this pick mm. right now. I'll, I don't mind moving back later in the draft if I get like an NHL player right now. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll make a deal. I'll, I'll you give me an NHL player and a later first, and you can take this pick. Something like and, that happens. So and, I, I don't you know, think it's impossible. And, and it could be Colorado. They have the fourth overall pick, and then their own pick, which is sixteen. I don't know if Colorado would do that. I don't know, but I mean, like you're right, and you, we have we have no idea. I, I have no idea. But so, the thing is, is, is that a lot of things can have tons of assets. He has lots of ammunition yeah. to carve up things however he sees fit. If the other team is is willing to, you know, to have a conversation and play ball, yeah, and and a lot of things can happen. And and what if at draft day you have an opportunity to to trade for the sixth overall pick, and all of a sudden you sit there and you don't have all these interviews that you that you had lined up at the combine. And this I, is I agree. this is why teams just do their due diligence. And in my for, from reports years ago, 
I, I, I remember that teams interview roughly around 70, 80 players out of the 130 or 140 players that are at the combine. Um, so most of the players who are projected to go in the first round are usually interviewed by 20, 25 teams. Some players were even interviewed by all 31 teams. Um, so it's, it's, but it's, it's interesting just to, just to look at the names that pop up. And, and this list is not a definitive list. This is just the players that I was able to recognize in those videos or players that have been mentioned in tweets to have interviewed with the Rangers. Right. Uh, but it doesn't mean if, uh, if a guy like Pot Colson is not on the list, it doesn't mean the Rangers didn't meet with him. It's just that it, we don't know because these teams never release these details. No, no, no. This is just all for fun. Like we're just, yeah. you know, we need to um, let people know that it's, it's, this is all just for fun. Like this is yeah. just based on whatever video that the Rangers released. And we're just getting an idea of like who they actually, you know, for sure, who they've had a conversation with. A conversation yeah. with. They've probably yeah, had a yeah. conversation with multiple people. I guarantee you they've had a conversation with everybody who's available in that first round who is at that combine. Yeah. And, and three guys that I recognized in the, in, in, in the, in, in the videos from Europe. Um, Moritz Seider, which you should be happy about. Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny. I, 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 I think I don't know if the Rangers are going to draft him at twenty, but I would not. I would. I, I do not like. You know, I am not disappointed at all if that's the pick at twenty. Yeah, and and I've said before that I would love for them to go with forwards because we desperately need forwards. But if a guy like Seider or Broberg is there at twenty, you pull the trigger and you take him. And Broberg is another one that has that I have confirmed had an interview with the Rangers. Mm. Uh, and then the third one, and Drew will will love this, Pavel Dorofeev. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. The fact the fact that he's in in this video, yeah, is big. Makes mm. me think that like if he's there at, I mean, well, it just depends. Like. You know what I'm you know what I'm excited for? I want to know um and we're going to have an interesting podcast after Bob McKenzie because Bob McKenzie is going to put out his official rankings like right before the draft. And mm-hmm. I'm interested because Bob McKenzie literally is like the I mean he is the the source of sources. So he knows all these teams and all their, you know, all their scouts and he kind of just he compiles everything and makes like one ultra list of like where people are kind of leaning. Now, I mean- like that's why his list is almost like the most accurate you can get. It doesn't mean where you should take players. It's just based on what other scouts around the NHL are telling him that, that, that they're ranking their players. So I'm interested to see when he has that thing out, where is Dorfeyer? Is he in the first round? If he's not in the first round, I mean, it's like, then I have to say, if the Rangers are interviewing him, do they see him as a guy who's, and just like your, a lot of other NHL uh, scouts, maybe they see him as a second round steal. I don't know. Well, maybe they take a risk and, and, and take him at 20 because they interviewed well. There's so many interesting things that are going to happen in the draft. I'm super excited for it. Uh, do you want to know who the Rangers reached for uh, in, in that 20 range? Not, not too long ago. Yeah. Philip Hedl. Phil- yeah. yeah. It was the 21st overall pick. He was, he was ranked in the second or third round. Um, and the Rangers just took a risk, and it paid off. Sometimes it pays off. And uh, this was a, a, a bit of an extreme case because, you know, would he have still been there with our second-round pick or whatever? I don't know. But they went with it. They went with their gut. And, and so far, it looks to be a good pick. Um, but another thing that I, that I read 
uh, a few years ago, and and I've met, I've I've looked at this and I paid attention to it in recent drafts. Teams are are not really willing to trade down anymore if they feel that that their target is ranked lower than where they are. If it's if it's like two or three spots, teams teams don't really trade down two three spots because if if they have a player ranked at twenty and they have the seventeenth overall pick, they'll just take their player at seventeen. They are not yeah, going to they, they are not going to risk missing out on their player just to pick up a third round pick. Yeah, so so you would you would think they would do it if they're just they just want to move back by by quite a quite a good margin or just trade the pick outright, right? Well, if 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 you uh, can can trade back four spots and pick up a mid second round pick like Ottawa last year in in the trade with the Rangers in the late twenties, that's an interesting pick to make, uh, or the interesting trade to make. But if if a team has, like I said, if they have a, a pick around fifteen or sixteen. And they 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 see the player they want in that range. They're not going to risk losing their player just to pick up a third round pick. They will just pick their player, reach a little bit, and just and just deal with it. Right, that and makes it, sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense because at the end of the day, you never know what's going to happen. Because when the Rangers pick Crafts off, I kept hearing people say, "Oh, we could have picked him with our second pick in the first round." Well, you don't know that because what if? What if what if we went with Dobson or Wallstrom, and then the Flyers pick Kraftsoff at I think they picked at fourteen or something. You just don't know. You don't know. And if you base your your uh, your logic on prospect rankings, then then there there's not really much to discuss because yeah, prospect rankings are not are not the be all end all of ranking prospects. Yeah, I've also heard from a, a, a few people that the the Islanders were supposedly really high on craft stuff. So if we didn't take him, I don't, I don't, th- I, I don't think he would have gotten past the Islanders anyway. Yeah, probably. So we could have ended up with Wallstrom, and they would have had Dobson and Kraftsoff. We could have ended up with Dobson, and they would have had Wallstrom and Kraftsoff. Yeah. At the at the end of the day, there was no pick we could have made that would have prevented the Islanders from getting two good players because they had pick number eleven and twelve. Yeah. In a relatively yeah. good draft in twenty eighteen. Um, but yeah, I mean, seeing Moritz Seider and Pavel Dorofeyev and Philip Broberg being interviewed by the Rangers got me excited. Um, and yeah, the other guys like uh, Jacob Pelletier, um, Jordan Spence, who both play for the Moncton Wildcats in the QMJHL. Um, I think Jordan Spence is an interesting player to uh, keep an eye on. Okay. If, if only for uh, his nationality. I mean, he was born in Sydney, Australia. And his parents are Canadian and Japanese. That's such that's such a crazy. I mean, that's such a crazy lineage, man. If 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 that player is is available in the third round, I would just pick him just just for that. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Well, why'd you pick him? I don't know. That imagine this guy makes the NHL. How wild that would be! How wild would that be? You know, you could expand your brand all the way to the Pacific, like like Australia and Japan, and I, I don't know. But uh, you should you should never pick a player for these reasons. But you know, as a no, fan, no, 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 no. But it's it's funny though. Like if he if they really like him and he is like on their list, the best player at in, in the fourth round available. Take him. why not? Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. I don't, know, know I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know anything. When we when we signed Zuccarello in 2010, I think uh, we had this whole influx of Norwegian Ranger fans. It's, right, and uh, we're and we're and, and and when we take Capo Caco, we're gonna have a bunch of new Finnish fans. Yes, so because that'll be pretty interesting. 
it has been a while since we had a good Finnish player on our team. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while since we've had a. Uh, here's here's something that might be a little controversial. It's been a while since the New York Rangers have had, and I, and, and let me preface by saying this: drafted of their own, drafted and developed of their own, not someone that they traded for. It's been a while since the New York Rangers have had a legit star forward. Um, the last, the last Dra- drafted and developed. I don't mean oh, one no. that we've traded. The last drafted and developed forward for the Rangers to hit 60 points, do you know who it is? I don't. Tony Amonti. Wow. That's that's insane. That was late 80s, early 90s when he was drafted, I think. That's insane. Then he, then then that's then, then then my take is not that hot. Um so he was the last forward drafted by the Rangers to to hit 60 points for the Rangers. Because I think Mark Savard hit it for a different team, but never for the Rangers. But Yeah, uh, but I can't, I can't count. If you don't do it for the Rangers, it's like, whatever, you know? Yeah, Even, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, for instance, uh, Marek Zidlicki played, played seven, 800 games in the NHL. I don't really care because it was not for the Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we drafted him, but he never really played for us. Yeah. But yeah, so this is, that, that's, that's the, the exciting part. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, we had Yager. Yes, we had Nash. Yes, we had Gabbard. I get it. But those aren't players we drafted that are our own players. You know, and, and I mean, what I mean by that is we've developed our own player. So yeah. that's, that's the exciting part. It's not a knock on Yager, who, who honestly was the best forward the Rangers have had probably, probably since, since the mid-90s. You know, Yager was fantastic with the, with the Rangers. I mean, you know what I mean? So no knock to him. No knock to Nash, who nope. was absolutely fantastic. That probably gets more he gets more knocks than he should because he's he was fantastic mm. for the Rangers. He and was. no knock to Gabrick, who was also fantastic. It's just that these are guys that we traded for that or were, were, Yeah, exactly. We acquired them in a different we didn't develop them. We didn't draft and develop them. They came from another uh, source, which is fine. But it's just nice to have a guy that like came through your system. He is your guy. You you scouted him, you drafted him, you developed him, you groomed him. He's your guy front to start. There is yeah. no your your whole stamp is on him. Well, it's just nice to have that. And you know, for me, I think it's I think it's nice because I know I know some I know a lot of Finnish people. You know, I have some friends in Finland. I have some guys that I work with that are from Finland. I think it's really nice that we get an actual proper Finnish player in the draft this year because, well, I'm, I'm just going to ask you, do you know the four Finnish players that the Rangers drafted that actually played for the Rangers in the NHL? Probably not. I have to think, I would have to think hard about that, but probably not. Because it's Korpikoski in 2004. Uh, yeah, then, I had to forget about him. Okay, go ahead. And then in the, 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 the next one, going back all the way to 1984, the year I was born, Raimo Helminen played 117 games. I would have never guessed that. 1982, Simo Saarinen, eight games. And then 1980, uh, Reju Rotsalainen, who's probably the, the, the one that most people remember when it comes to Finnish players drafted by the Rangers. Yeah. And, we, and I mean, we have drafted Finnish players five years in a row now. We had Sarela in 2015, Reyonanen in 2016, Virta 2017, Payuniemi in 2018, and now 95% certain Capo Kako. So we will be drafting a Finnish player six years in a row. Speaking of, speaking of Verta, what's his, what's his status now? 
that is that is a question that I would like answered as well because honestly I don't know. Okay, I thought maybe you might know. Okay. No, I mean there there's there's so much uncertainty surrounding his situation because Lakatos and and Daniel Bernhard are no longer Ranger property because their rights expired June first. But there has been no news about Patrick Virta's rights expiring, and his rights would have expired if he played in Sweden and Finland like the last two seasons, but he also played in the KHL for two months. And because the KHL doesn't have a transfer agreement, that may have extended that he uh, like extended his rights for a year. Because when a player is in the KHL, his rights do not expire. I see. So we might, maybe we bought an extra year with him. So the question is, what, were those two months enough for Verta to for his rights to extend one more year, or no? I don't know. I don't know. These are, these are questions I, I'd like answered. I have no idea. I like I like an answer to this question as well. But who are we going to ask? I mean, uh, even even the guys at KeptFriendly.com don't know. So okay. Um, yeah, it's but it's it's an interesting story with him. I read I read that he didn't sign an extension with his team in Sweden. Because he was going to try and earn a contract in North America this summer, so I, I expect him to at least show up for camp, and then, and then hopefully for him earn an entry level contract and may probably start in Hartford. All right. So but yeah, um, let's see. Yeah. So let's 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 actually so let's segue real quick into some actual ranger news or not really news let's be honest here guys i mean the, the month of january oh january listen to me Oof, wow the month of june i think that's a january what that what drug am i on right now you live in georgia how warm is it there what do you think of january i don't know dude it's i don't know man i'm i'm i'm, I'm all fucked up um the, the month of june is you know one of the hottest months in terms of like rumor mill and you know, lots of, you know, things smoke in the air and people trying to figure out what, what players are going to do. And there's, there's always leading lots of rumbling going leading on. Leading up to free agency. Yeah, exactly. So it's no surprise that we're starting to hear about certain players becoming available and what teams are interested. And let's just say this, guys. Every free agent, every trade, I guarantee you the Rangers are going to be in on. Why? Because they have tons of cap space, tons of assets, and they're heading in the right direction. So to think the Rangers aren't going to be involved in every trade of every known person that pops up is silly. Now, whether it makes sense for them is a different story. But I can assure you the Rangers are going to – and let's say out of, you know, let's say 50 players this summer that get mentioned, it would not surprise me if half of them or more than half of them are linked to the Rangers in some sense in terms of we're interested. Because the Rangers are because they're, they're starting to hit that, that turn now where they're putting things together to see what this looks like. So – they're going to be interested in free agents. They're going to be interested in, in young uh, stars in the NHL that are possibly available with free agency or maybe an offer sheet. Who the heck knows? So um, speaking of that, there are some rumblings. And let's, you know, let's get it out there that Bob McKenzie, the one who on his podcast threw it out there, that Jacob Truba, we all know he's going to be available this summer. Um, there's been issues with him in Winnipeg in terms of him signing a deal for forever now. It's always been one of these, oh, well, you know, you know, we'll get to next summer and figure it out kind of thing. Maybe he gets traded and he stays. And it's always this weird scenario with Jacob Trouba in Winnipeg. Yeah. We all knew that it was ne- he was never going to stay there. I think we've come full circle to him not staying there now. So he's going to get moved. 
Um, and Bob McKenzie on his podcast mentioned that the Rangers are going to be in the hunt. Now, the Rangers already have an absolutely stupid loaded. Now, none of them are stars, really, but we've got a lot of defensemen, guys. So this is going to be interesting about who stays and who goes on this mix. It's just going to be weird, especially now if you add Troop into the mix, that's just another guy we got to think about. So um, let's touch on Troop as a player first, and let's talk about the possible who would stay, who would go kind of thing. Yeah, where, are you, with, on, where are you on Jacob Trubin? Do you want him on the Rangers? Do I want him on the Rangers? Yes. And here's why. He will push everything down on the depth chart on the right side of the defense. It's as simple as that. He would be our best right-handed defenseman, hands down, if we acquire him. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's even a question. The, yeah, the, I, I, like him, I, like him a little, I like him a little bit better than than D'Angelo, and, and let me say this about D'Angelo. Like, the thing I like about Truba is that he is he's equally good on both sides of the puck. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to, he's not going to make as many bad defensive plays. D'Angelo plays okay defense, not stellar defense, but Truba actually plays pretty good defense. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Look, he's he's a great defenseman. Um, he's he's relatively young. I think he's twenty six. Um, he's a restricted free agent this summer, and if he if he were to sign a qualifying offer, he would reach uh, unrestricted free agency next year. So I'm pretty sure Winnipeg wants to trade him for that reason because I don't see Truba signing a long term deal with Winnipeg. And if they and trade him as a one-year one one year rental, we're not going to get much out of him. No. So he has the most value unsigned this summer as Correct. a restricted free agent. Yes. My, my, my only issue with Truba is, and, and, and I know we have a lot of assets, but my issue with Truba is what it would cost to acquire him. And the 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 two best comparisons that I've been able to find are probably Sami Vatanen and Brent Burns. And Vatanen's return was Adam Henrique, Joseph Blandisi, and a third-round pick. But Brent Burns, at the time when he was traded from Minnesota to San Jose, he returned. Uh, that was Burns and a second-round pick. But uh, the return for that was Charlie Coyle, uh, Devin Sedaguchi, and a first-round pick. Mm. So looking at that package, you you are probably looking at well, first of all, a, a blue chip prospect, a first round pick, and a middle six player, or a second pair defenseman. I I think Trouba's going to be cheaper than that though. Is he? I think so. I Why? do. I I I because you got to realize it's it you're you're getting him because he's going to be a, a an unrestricted free agent in a year. So he's probably only going to go like wherever he goes. He's probably got somewhat of his mind, uh, some of his mind made up what he's doing in the next twelve months. Mm -hmm. So that's a risk for the team trading for him. Okay, it's not like you're trade. It's not like you're trading for him with four years of control. You're okay. trading for him knowing that you're going to have to sign him. So there's a little risk there. So I but think here's, that, here's I think the to thing. mitigate that, I think the price comes down. Here's the thing, Greg. Brent Burns was in the exact same situation. He was a restricted free agent, one year away of unrestricted free agency status. Yeah, but 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 Brent Burns. Somewhere he was Brent traded. Burns, Brent Burns is better than it, Burns. Is better what? Than Truba. 
Brent Burns in 2011 or Brent Burns in 2014? Because he was traded in 2011. No, I'm just saying Brent Burns as a player is a lot better than, than Jacob Truba. Yeah, we know so that. So I, 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 I don't know if that's the price he would get, he, that Truba would get. I don't think you're getting that price. I don't know. But listen, Brent Burns was traded in 2011. Let's, let's look through the lens of 2011. How good was, was Brent Burns at the time? Was he at the time better than Truba is now? I don't know. I have to go look at the numbers. Because, you know, with the knowledge of hindsight, we can now say that Brent Burns is a better player than Truba. Yes. But in 2011, it wasn't that clear cut. That's maybe fair. I don't know. I, I think... I think, if I'm, I, I think for me, the, the fair, a fair value for Truba would be something like Tony D'Angelo... Yeah, a second round pick. Ah, uh, that's. I don't think that's going to be enough. I think that is. I think it is. Now, if another team comes in and starts to starts to counter, I mean, yeah, we probably have to add to that. But I think that that to me is somewhat is somewhat fair. I think that's somewhat um, fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I'll give you an example. Um, I know that uh, Greg from uh, Blue Shirt Breakaway brought up Chris Kreider to to Winnipeg. And I actually think that makes sense too. Now, would Chris Kreider sign on a long-term deal there? I don't know, but that you know, talent-wise, makes sense. I think that if we're, if Winnipeg is thinking we need cheap, cost-controlled players, then yeah, then Kreider is probably not going to be in your mix because he's going to demand much more money down the road. And at that point, then are you going to replace Truba with another defenseman? Well, if that's the case, then why not get a younger? right-handed defenseman like Tony D'Angelo, whose numbers look to be even better down the road. Like, I think, I think, you know, Tony D'Angelo's, his, his, his advanced numbers, his, his, his advanced analytics look really good. Like, I think he's going to be really good on a really good team. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's unfair value. I think, I think if anything, I don't think we're valuing Tony correctly. Cause I think Tony is a, is, is a very, is a blue trip prospect that you can move. I think, yeah, he's I, a, I think he's a blue chipper look, that you can move. Look, and, I, and you have to I add agree. To that. What's, what, are you, what are you adding? Now, if they ask for their first rounder back, their 20th pick, that's where I'm going to draw the line. Like, I don't want to do that. Mm. But I would give them like a late, a late second or something. Okay. See, here's, here's what I have a problem with with, with your uh, line of thought when it comes to what, his, what Trooper's trade value will, will be. Because you said that, you know, his trade value will not be that high because Winnipeg is in a position where they have to trade him. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the Martin St. Louis and Eric Stahl trades? Yes. If those trades have taught Ranger fans anything, it's that value in a trade does not decrease just because the player wants to be traded. St. Louis and Eric Stahl waived their no-move clause only for the Rangers. And we still had to pay, especially in the, in the case of St. Louis, we still had to pay a premium price in both cases. We paid two second-round picks and a prospect, Antti Sarela, uh, Alexi Sarela, for, for two months of Eric Stahl. That was, yeah, that was a terrible trade. We traded a first-round pick, a conditional second, which became a first-round pick when we reached the conference final, and Ryan Callahan for Martin St. Louis. 
even though Martin St. Louis only wanted to be traded to the Rangers. Right. So if, if history teaches us anything, it's that a player forcing his way out does not necessarily lower the price. And that's why I don't think D'Angelo and a second-round pick is going to be enough. It might not. I think it's fair, though. But it might not. And just because I think something's fair doesn't mean it always gets done. So No. But, what, get, what gets it done and what's fair are two different things. Yeah. But I think, I think another uh, potential destination for Truba is Detroit. And not necessarily because they are in a position where they need him, but they have the assets to make the trade even more so than the Rangers. Because I feel Winnipeg wants, um, Winnipeg probably wants pieces that can contribute now because their window is closing in two, three years. Yeah. If, 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 if Detroit can, can find a way to, to work out a trade, including Truba and Athanasiu or Truba and Anthony Manta, and then add here or there, I think that for Winnipeg is a much more enticing offer than getting um, a, a 21, 22-year-old player from the Rangers and a draft pick and, and another prospect. Because that's not going to help them in the next two, three years. Yeah. Yeah, you could be right about that. Speaking of speaking of speaking of that, then speaking of Winnipeg, getting circling back to them, did you hear the uh, the rumor that um, Line would ex- would uh, accept a, an RF uh, an offer sheet? Mm, yes. So, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like, um, it, I mean, obviously, guys, yeah, this is. I mean, rumors are rumors, right? I mean, we all know that rumors ru- rumors are rumors for for a reason. Um, but having said that, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I have a theory. Um, if a player really doesn't want to stay with his team, why would he sign an offer sheet? Here's the thing, though. If he signs an offer sheet, only, the only thing Winnipeg has to do is match that offer sheet, and they have him locked up for years. And there's nothing Line can do about it. Signing an offer sheet as a player gives your current team the power to to uh, uh, retain you for the numbers you signed for. Do you think Winnipeg would match, would match a big offer sheet, though? I mean, I, I kind of wonder, I, I wonder what they, I wonder how they, I, I just wonder about them financially. I wonder what they can afford. Oh, uh, well, they have 25 million in cap space. But I don't, but just because they have 25, are they going to spend that whole, you know, are they going to spend it? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know how I don't know their financial situation. But. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't I don't mean it in terms of their cap. I mean it in terms of like I don't know their financial situation. I, I have no idea. Um, you know, <laughs> remember Winnipeg once moved from that city because they couldn't afford they couldn't afford players, and they you know they they couldn't afford to keep the team. So I don't know. I mean, obviously new ownership things are different, but I don't know. I have no idea of the economics of the Winnipeg Jets. I don't know if. Somebody turn around, the team turn around and says, we'll give you $10 million. I don't know if they're going to match. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, think, so, the que- I, I think the question is more, is Line a worth whatever another team will give him in an offer sheet? That's a very fair question, um, which leads me to my next question is, if you're the Rangers, would you offer sheet Patrick Line? Um, I would not offer sheet him if the – no, no, no. I'm, no, I'm just going to say it. As a Ranger fan, I don't want the Rangers to offer sheet Line a. Simply because the only compensation the Rangers can afford is the four first-round picks. The Adam Fox trade that, that Gordon pulled off last month 
handicapped us when it comes to offer sheets because both the second and the third round pick are 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 entangled in that trade next year which basically eliminates us from every other tier of offer sheet compensation right so the only one the only one we can offer is the max yes and is line a uh, worth four first round picks no 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 i don't think so either. and i i've told, I've told you this before the only player in my opinion who's worth four first round picks is Connor mcdavid I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll disagree with you. I think the, I think another player, I'll, the one player I think who's actually out there that I, I might do all four for maybe is Marner. I might, I might, I, I'm, I can, I can be, you know, I can make an argument for him because I think he's that good. Okay. I think, I think he's that special. Um, maybe even Braden Point. Braden Point's really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, it becomes a very much who's who. Like, okay. After that, I don't care. I will, I, will, I will try to, in the next 30 seconds, try to convince you why it's a bad idea to uh, sign, some, sign someone to an offer sheet that costs you four first-round picks. Oh, I know it is. I know how bad it because, is. I, I, I know it. Trust me. Because do you know where the Rangers were four years ago? Uh, in terms of what? Where were the Rangers four years ago? Today, four years ago. Uh, Where was this? Is 2019, so four years ago they were in the playoffs. I mean, 2015 they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. We lost game seven to Tampa. We were one game removed from our second Stanley Cup final appearance, right? As I'm saying, they were in, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Is there any the year, the year before that we were in the Cup Finals? Yeah, is there any Ranger fan in the world who in 2015 would have predicted that in 2019 we would have a second overall pick? No, of course not. Because we, here's, but, uh, but we, here's we, the thing: we, if you offer sheet someone in 2015 for for the compensation of four first round picks, it means that now you don't get Capo Caco. I, I trust me. I I, I get it. It's I so mean, difficult I, in the NHL to look ahead four years and figure I, out what you're going to be. I agree. I agree with you, man. I it's I'm true. I'm not. I'm. I, you got to realize. I'm simply stating out there that there are players out there that are worth. That are worth going breaking the bank for, um, Mitch Marner. I, I mean, I, I like I like Marner a little bit better than Braden Point, to be honest with you. But he's the kind of guy that I think. Let's hypothetically say you you had him on your team and you had Capo Caco, and for whatever reason, maybe you signed Artemi Panarin. I don't know. I'm just I'm getting really just drunk and crazy out there. Mm-hmm. When you really go out and you, you know, are you a competitive team? Are you a Stanley Cup team next year? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Um, are the Oilers a, a competitive team? They have two players hitting 100 points this season. Yeah, but the rest of the team is a whole lot of trash. Yes, but that's the thing. If you have the forwards, it does. It's not a guarantee. No, our, it's our not. Team. But I'm, I, I, all, I, all I'm saying is that there are players out there that, I, look, I'm I'm just saying that, for me, as in this in this crazy world, I like seeing crazy shit. And it's like if the Rangers offer sheeted Mitch Marner, I'm gonna be like, I want to see that chaos, sort of, kind of. Yeah, I, I get it. Sort of, but... sort of. I just I want to see the day that happens where someone gets offer sheeted and, and 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 that happens. So, to me, a guy that if I'm the Rangers, like I don't want to offer sheet like, you know, a, a mid level like you know player. It's got to be a top tier player, and Mitch mm-hmm. Marner fits that bill for me. That's all. Okay, so do we have a better defense than Edmonton at the moment? Oh, dude, we're 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 our defense is is bottom five. Until I see what it looks like next year, um, it's bottom five. Now, does Adam Fox change that equation a little bit? 
Yes. Maybe. If we Maybe. get Jacob Truba, does that change the equation? Absolutely. It, you know what I mean? These things do change. If, if Smith is off this team, yes, that changes things. Like, yeah, yeah of course. All of these things are, are you know, if this happens, yes, we're, we're then maybe we're middle of the pack. But as of now, we're probably, you know, on the bottom, the bottom tier. So we are not in a position to offer sheet a guy like Mitch Marner then. Yeah, because because we will basically be Edmonton. Let me let, just, let me, just let me dream. We will have we will have a great offense with no defense. I mean, it's. And 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 this is this is my this is my point. I just I, just just aside from the Rangers doing it or not, I just don't see an offer sheet in the next, especially this summer, but maybe in the next three years. I don't see an offer sheet accepted by the team controlling the player. I just don't see it happening. Well, here's the thing: some men just want to watch the world burn, and I want to watch the world burn. Yes, I know. Um, I would love to see another team acquire Mitch Marner and then be a dumpster fire and and lose their their, their top three picks. I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed Ottawa having to give up a fourth overall pick. Dude, that was awesome. That was awesome. Like I mean, in all serious, I want the Rangers to pull off some weird magic where we bank on a team thinking that they are so good. But we know they're gonna be a complete fucking shit show next year, and be like, "Hey, we'll give you this thing, and you give us that pick." And like, "Oh yeah, cool." It's like, "Oh shit, we're pretty bad." Yeah, you know, you know the best thing about that Duchesne trade, though. The first, yeah. oh, the first round pick was lottery protected, and they decided to keep it. And then the next year, it's still a, four, a fourth overall pick. I I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It was funny, uh, but. I think this, this, is, this is the situation we're in now, in my opinion, at least. I think what happened to Ottawa in the last two years makes GMs very cautious when it comes to trading first-round picks when they are a bubble team. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. Um, it's Especially not future first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to have stuff like that happen. I mean, it happened with Calgary and the Islanders and, you know, sort of, kind of, and it happened with Ottawa and Colorado. Tampa, that was a much Tampa, bigger Nashville. scale. Tampa, Nashville, Boston, those are the teams who will trade their first round pick because they are confident that they will be contenders. Yeah. And we and we know they're gonna finish with, you know, with ninety-five to hundred and five points every year, so it doesn't matter. We know uh, at like a team like the Florida Panthers or the Buffalo Sabres or even the Canucks, they are not going to risk losing their first round pick. If that is potentially a lottery pick, it's just not no, gonna... no. But but for me, I would always target that team that thinks they're better than they are. I'll, I'll give you an example as a franchise that I always kind of target. That is the Montreal Canadiens. They're a team that every year, oh yeah, we're gonna be in it, and then like they just wind up being a bubble team yeah. every year. So, and they're always convinced, like they're one player. They're they're so con- they're still living on getting back to like being being in, in the Stanley Cup Finals that. They are just always they're, they're chill. They're still chasing like bad dreams right now. So they're they're a franchise I would always target. Mm-hmm. I would be like, cool, like, um, here you go. Here's whatever you need, and give me next year's unprotected first. Give me your 2020 unprotected. So, and now will that happen? Probably not. But that's the kind of thing I I want the Rangers to do. Maybe. But yeah, I digress. Anyway, nah. moving on. Moving on from Jacob Truba and Patrick Laine. 
There are some other players out there that are rumor milled with the Rangers. You know, we've spoken at length about Artemi Panarin. and we've spoken at length about Eric Carlson. Um, and I think we're starting to, you know, there are other players that, you know, are out there. Like, for example, um, Matt Duchesne's out there. How do you feel about Matt Duchesne? I don't think we've ever talked about Matt Duchesne yet. No, I think Matt Duchesne is a realistic target for the Rangers because when it comes to our centers, we aside from Zibanejad, we don't really have anyone. But what's he gonna what's he gonna get dollar wise? Eight nine million. I don't know if I want to pay him. And that that is a tough situation because do you do you pay eight or nine million to have someone center your second line? No. I'll be honest. If I'm paying nine million dollars for Duchesne, I'd rather pay ten and a half for Panarin. I would rather pay six for Hayes and just and just get that over with. But I don't think that's going to happen either. I think that I think I, I think that I think that ship has sailed. I did see some weird rumor. I don't know how reliable it was, but some there was a rumor about Hayes going to Chicago, which would be hilarious. That would be funny because th- that would be him coming full circle. So that would be kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. It's the, team, it's the team that he abandoned because of the way they treated his brother, and, and then he just goes back 10 years later. Yeah, that would be kind of funny, actually. <laughs> but that, that would be very Kevin Hayes, though. Yeah. That would, that's, to be fair, that would be very Kevin Hayes. But, um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I'd rather have Kevin Hayes at 6 million and be at, you know, 6.6 or 6.7 million and have him be my second-line center. But, like, like I said, Rangers weren't comfortable at that number. That ship has now sailed. I think if the Rangers aren't going to give Hayes six point change, six and change. They're not giving Duchesne nine. All right, that's my, that's I, my gut. That's my gut feeling because I don't think I don't think that the I think the drop off from Duchesne to Hayes is not that dramatic. Mm-hmm. No, no, true, true. So I don't uh, think he's worth another three to three and a half million. Yeah, one thing I wanted to ask you quickly about Truba, by the way, um, and then we can move back to the to the other free agents. Um, if you had to choose. Signing Eric Carlson as a free agent for $10 million a year or trading a first-round pick, Anthony D'Angelo, and a blue-chip prospect for Truba and signing him for $7 million a year for seven years. How many years am I giving Carlson? Uh, five years. Five years, $10 million. Yeah, I do, that. I do that all day. Okay. Because that's 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 probably the situation that may maybe the situation the Rangers will be in. Do you go for Truba and give up assets, or do you go for Carlson for free? I'd rather have I'd rather have Carlson and D'Angelo on the same team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, look, five years I can deal with that because I I don't I just need to be confident that um, he's going to be healthy. Which I, that is a question mark, but I don't know. But I but I if, I mean, look. Seven million for Truba versus ten million for Carlson. Carlson is night. Carlson is. Uh, let's be let's be completely fair here, okay? When he's on top of his game, he's a top three defenseman in the NHL. Would you agree? I I consider Eric Carlson a generational defenseman. Me too. Well, I'm saying right. I'm saying right now in the NHL, when he's at the top of his game, it's him, uh, Victor Hedman. And Dowdy. Dowdy. I mean, and and Drew Dowdy. I mean, it's really like those three are basically the the, the, the elite of the elite of the elite. Yeah. Okay. Um, you might be able to you can you can make an argument for Brett Burns, but I'd still probably say it's Hedman, him, and Dowdy. So, point being is that he's still at that at that level. Now, if he can stay healthy and play eighty games, yeah. I mean, I don't know. 
But for five years, I think I would take a gamble on that. Mm-hmm. Five years. I mean, I think when he starts asking seven is where I'm just like, oh man, I don't, I don't know. Seven years. Cause I think he's going to break down after at year four. That's my guess. Um, which means I have to eat three years. I don't really want to eat three years. I can eat one or two, but I can't eat three. When I'm starting to ask about eating three years of salary, meaning like he's, you know, not, not the play, same player he was in year five, six, and seven, that's going to be tough. I can yeah. deal with it on year four or five, but I, can, I can't deal with it year six and seven as well. That just makes it – because then half the contract becomes like, you know, tainted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, uh, Dan Boyle, who I think is style-wise not a bad comparison for Eric Carlson. Um, he he was he was a really good defenseman un, until his mid thirties, and Ranger fans don't really have good memories of Dan Boyle because we got him when he was thirty eight. I mean, what were you really going to expect from a thirty eight year old defenseman? No, we got we we, and that's you know it's funny the that's the Rangers' mo, isn't it? The Rangers' mo is let's get the superstar player literally at the twilight of his career. It just that's just it. It's it's yeah. Pavel Bore. It's you know, Dan Boyle, it's Guy Lefleur. Yeah, the, the 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 list goes the, the list goes on and on, you know? Yeah. It's just, you know, what the Rangers do. The Rangers they get the star player, but they literally get him like, you know, as he's sailing by into the sunset. That's when we they, get him. Yeah, they, they actually mentioned it on the uh, nineteen ninety four documentary of the Rangers winning the cup, uh, where they uh, where they t- discuss uh, Mark Messier joining the Rangers. And, and they were talking about how they, at the time, said the exact same thing when it comes to Messier. They always get the, get, get the elite player one or two years too late. And in Messier's case, luckily, they were wrong. But every other, every other situation, it has just been that way. You know, they, yeah. got, they got Lindros too late. They got Brad, Brad Richards too late. Uh, Chris Drury. Uh, it just, it, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, Lindros, Flurry. Uh, I mean, sheesh, Pavel Bore. I yeah. mean, like the list can the list really but does. It, it, it's, a it, never, it's a never-ending list. There is a huge difference between players like Brad Richards at thirty-three, or acquiring Eric Carlson at twenty-eight. No, I, I agree with you. I, I'm not against. I, I, all I'm saying is that if we get him, if we get Eric Carlson, I don't want to give him seven years. I don't mind giving him five. That's what I'm saying. Like I yeah. want to avoid the max deal. I, and I don't mind front-loading the, the contract or even making it more expensive for shorter years. I'll give him 11. That's fine. Just make it all signing bonuses so it's... So it's, uh, it's incent- uh, yeah, it's incentive. So it's lockout proof. Yeah, I like that too. You know, you, yeah. you, you, you give the player a little bit more financial security for maybe, maybe a little bit less money. You know, because it's more money guaranteed. I like that. Make it more incentive, incentive, incentive yeah. based. Because there was this this funny story, and 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 we'll, we will wrap it up in a few minutes. But um, uh, Drew Doughty was um, negotiating his extension, mm-hmm. uh, and this was right after uh, Kerry Price signed his uh, contract. And Drew Doughty was was saying how he negotiated without an agent, and and he didn't have to pay all these agent fees and this and that. And, you know, it sounds great. But then when you look at the contract, it's an 88 million contract and only 20 million of that is in signing bonuses. And when you look at Kerry Price and his contract, Kerry Price signed an $84 million contract. And of the 84 million, 
70 million is signing bonuses. Sheesh. If there is a lockout in 2021, Carey Price doesn't have a care in the world. If, if there's a lockout in 2021, Carey Price loses... He's still getting paid. Doesn't matter. Carey Price loses nine million, and he's still he's still left with seventy five million. Yeah. Whereas Drew Doughty, if if there's a lockout in twenty twenty one, he loses um, fifty eight million of the eighty eight. Sheesh. Yes, I know. I know he'll probably sign a new contract once the new CBA and everything, but he's leaving money on the table by not having it covered in signing bonuses. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed and I, I remember seeing this interview with Dowdy saying, oh, I did it without an agent. And, and I'm like, yeah, great. But it's not a good contract. No. <laughs> not, for, not for you. For, for, not for, for you. Not I mean, for you. For the, for the franchise, it's, it's freaking awesome. Yeah. If we, don't, if, if we don't play hockey, we don't have to pay your ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, um, so anyway, speaking of that, yeah. So in theory, I, I would like I'd rather have Carlson that, in in that trade scenario you mentioned, yeah. simply because I don't want to give up a first rounder, and I, and and I don't mind paying Truba seven million dollars. But if you're telling me Truba at seven for seven versus Carlson at ten for five, Carlson all day. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I don't. I, I just it really because because I'm also going to keep that first rounder too. So I I think that's a little bit more of a of the thing. Now, if you're telling me, let's say both were, were free agents, um, then it becomes an interesting question. Because I, have... I, I, I think if I think if we're not talking about all the additional parts to it, and it's just Truba at seven for seven versus Carlson at ten for five, that's an interesting question. That's, yeah, that's that's a little more interesting because it's now it's like, do you want the younger player? for the longer term at the cheaper dollar, or do you want the superstar for five years with, you know, at the, at $10 million and you're just not sure because of the health. Like, let's put it this way. If the health is not an issue, Truba is not even the conversation. Truba can't, Truba can't shine. Like I like Truba a lot. He cannot shine Eric Carlson skates on, on his, he just can't, not on his best day. He can't, he can't. Yeah. Eric Carlson is that fucking good. So, it's, it, it's interesting, man. I, I like I like the way you propose that question because it makes me think. Hey, if I can make you think, it's yeah, yeah. I've done a good job. Yeah, I'll say this. I I actually, you know, it's, it's funny because Eric Carlson is is actually a, a hot rumor for the Rangers. I actually think if the Rangers can somehow move Shattenkirk's money, I think Carlson is more realistic for them because I think to them they don't mind g- grabbing Carlson, but they want to make sure that that they can move Shattenkirk's money. So that they have more flexibility for the Pavel Bushnevichs and mm-hmm. all the kids that they're bringing up, and maybe a Panarin or something. Like they want to have that flexibility because they—I don't think they want to have, you know, out of out of eighty million dollars in cap space, they don't want like more than half of it locked in their defense. Yeah, you know. So it's like I just don't think that's that makes sense for them. Yeah. Because think about it—you would have you would have ten million for Carlson. You would have six and change for Shattenkirk. You would have five and change for for um, for Stahl. So that's you're already at over twenty million. You know you're at what twenty one, twenty two. And now you're adding Smith, who get, brings you to almost thirty at this point. You know, and and then Brady Shea, who makes more than five million a year. Exactly. So basically, you've got your defense is going to cost you over forty million dollars. And that's don't insane. For, 
And don't forget the 8.5 million for Lundqvist. Well, right, but I'm saying, but I'm just, I'm just talking just the defense, though. Yeah, you're yeah, looking but, at like you've got 40 million dollars yeah. in your defense. That is, that's a lot for a defense that's been that's been a tire fire. Yeah. So for me, it's like, oh man, like now if you take Shattenkirk off the equation and you take Smith off the equation by buying him out and you bring Shat and now you bring in Carlson, now you're like, okay, my defense is 32 million, 33 million. And I can live with that. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's more realistic. Yeah. So I, I, I think Carlson is more of a realistic option. Once they know what and what they can and what they will do with Kevin Shattenkirk and um and Smith. No. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um any of the hot topics we've missed, or should we are we just focusing until the draft, man? Um, well, you know, it's it's only two two and a half weeks until the draft, so most of the focus will be on that, I think, in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think so too. Um but yeah, I mean, we all know who we're going to pick at two. Uh, it's it's Kako, or in in the most unlikely of events, it'll be Jack Hughes, but probably Capo Kako. Um, if you have to pick three targets for the twentieth overall pick, who would it be for you? Mm, Dorfeyev. Uh, I like I like that I like that Finnish defender, um, Heinola. Heinola, yeah, okay. I like I like him. I, I like he's, I like he's, him. he's a good one. I like, uh, him. He, I like him. He was also interviewed by the Rangers, by the way. Interesting. Okay, I, I like him. I like him. From, yeah. from what the little bit I've seen of him, he's like I said, what he reminds me of is like in terms of st- now he's not he's not Miro Heiskanen. I understand that, but yeah. style wise, he plays like him. And don't forget, the Rangers have seen a lot of him because he plays for Luko with Tarmo Riunanen. Yeah. So for me, those two kids. And the third one I'd want to throw in there is, you know, maybe like a, like a, maybe a Bobby Brink can fall down there. Yeah. I, 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 those are three guys. I mean, I, I, ideally for me, I think there are enough kids in this draft that I, I mean, in this first round that I really like. That I think I, I would be totally fine saying if nobody wants to trade with us, I'm cool with just, you know, kicking, you know, grabbing a beer, kicking my feet up and just seeing who falls to 20 and taking the guy I like the best. Because I think there's I think there's enough really good talent at the back end of this first round. Yeah. Or, and, and having said that, I think there's going to be a couple of guys that I have more in the, in the 15 range are going to be there at 20. So for me, as the Rangers, I go, I'm happy at 20, dude. That's cool. I'll take it. I think I'll take it. I think I'll find a good piece at 20. Now, yeah. if there, can I move up? Sure. If the right situation calls for it, sure. I got my ammunition. I can do it. But I'm if, barely if you find a team, 20. if you find a team that's willing. Exactly. So if someone's, if, if let's say for whatever reason, I don't know, say, um, say Cole Caulfield falls to 15. I don't know. For whatever reason. We really like him. We, we, we interviewed him. We really like him. We think, we think the world of him. And we move up from 20 to 15 for whatever reason. Sure, I, I get that. But I also think the Rangers are confident that if nobody wants to, if nobody wants to, you know, to entertain a phone call and see what's what, we're just going to sit back and, and wait until, and, and see what drops at 20 and get our and heads together we'll, collectively and make our best pick. And then we'll get their player, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And that could be a handful of guys. I think I think Dorfeyov is is a is an option. I think Brink's an option. I think um, the, um I think that German defender uh Sider's Sider. Sider. Sider, Moritz Sider, yeah. Yeah, Morgan Sider. I think he's a he's an option for them. I we think, we um, could we could go from Kreider to Sider this offseason. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so yeah. Um yes. Yeah. So yeah. those are three guys. I mean, those those are some guys I definitely think are, are 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 guys I'd like to see at twenty. What about you? What are guys do you like? Well, Dorofeyev number one, of course. I mean, it's it's not even a question. Yeah, I know you got you got to think for him. I understand. Uh, Dorofeyev definitely. Um, Niels Hoglander is on my list for twenty twentieth overall as well. Okay. Uh, uh, right winger in Sweden. Uh, played in the Allsvenskan for Aika. Uh, actually tested really well at the combine. Interesting. Um, I, th- I think I sent you this as well. Um, the uh, VO2 max testing they did. Yep. Um, where, the, where they, um, well, you, you probably know better than I do what VO2 max is. Can you quickly explain it? Um, so v- VO2 max, from, from what I understand, is that it is, um, it's, it's measuring, correct me if I'm right, it's measuring heart rate and lung function, right? Uh, yes, and 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 how long you can you can keep going? Yeah, with... essentially what essentially what a VO two max is, is is measuring is your recovery rate and how 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 strong you can be. So, like for example, um, if there are athletes that can that have a very good VO VO. Now, I'm saying this is my very basic explanation of it. I'd love I, I'd rather somebody better can explain this, mm-hmm. but somebody with um with a strong VO two they're they're going to be able to recover a lot better because they have they have they have better um um the oxygen flows through their uh, um, system uh, better correctly so they're able to recover better so they're able to push the push the pedal hard and then you know take take you know skate hard and then recover right mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's that they usually 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 measure that on the bikes i think right that's how they usually measure the vo2 yeah uh that's basically it and i know that capo caco tested top of his team uh, with TPS in Liga last February when they did the VO2 max testing. Wow. And an 18-year-old tested the best of his whole team. And this is a playoff team in Finland. Um, but yeah, the, the VO2 max testing, uh, Niels Hoglander uh, tested sixth overall at the combine for VO2 max. Yeah. Uh, and another guy that I really like, Patrick Puistola, the Finnish uh, sniper, tested seventh. Um, so yeah, Hoglander is a player that I would like, and the, the the third one, and just because I want to go for for forwards, because I really like Moritz Seider, and I would be extremely happy with Moritz Seider, but I just want forwards at twenty. Uh, so for me, it'll be Dorofeyev, Hoglander, and then Patrick Pristola. That's my top three of players I want at twenty. Uh, I do have a question. See, I'll say this. At twenty, if I had the option, if I'm if I'm Gordon, I want to take, I want to take the guy with the with the strongest upside. Like I almost want to do another Philip Hedl kind of move. Really, yeah, for swing the, for the fences. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, who is the guy I see here that two years down the road people are gonna be like, wow, fuck, why didn't we take this kid? Even and if he I, takes, I don't care if it takes longer to develop, but like, you know, some guy with like a super elite shot who's raw, you know what I mean? Something like that. Or maybe like has just unbelievable hands, but no one's been able to, you know, he's still like raw and hasn't been really groomed, groomed yet. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I if, you, 
you if you want to go for that elite shot, then then Puistola. I mean, his skating is great too. He always finds the open ice, and when when you look at his goals, no two goals are the same this season. I, I want, I want, I want. Honestly, I think I think if if all else is equal, I want the guy with the elite shot at twenty. I, I want a guy. You know, I'll give. The, I, I mean, and I from what I've read, and you could tell me if I'm wrong. It that kid, um, uh, Arthur Kellyev. Is that, that Arthur Kellyev, his name yeah. right? Now, yeah. I I think from what I've read, he has a pretty elite shot, right? Um, yeah, um, or, and, a pre, or a pretty good shot, I should say, if anything. Yeah. Um, so maybe someone like him. I I I'm just saying, like, I want somebody with an elite shot, if I can, or or a very a, a really good shot. Obviously, you know, the guy I'd really like, but I don't think he's going to be there, is Cole Caulfield. I don't think he's going to be there. Yeah, Cole Caulfield is going to, is going to go around 10, I think. And I Arthur, think so, too. I think he shot up so, so high. I think, I think several months ago he would have been realistic. Yeah. And Artur Kaliev will probably be gone by 15 or 16. I, I agree, which is why Dorofeyev, Bobby Brink, any of these guys, like, I'm fine with those guys. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean – Look, take the best player available. If the best player you think is a defenseman, take a defenseman. But there's a lot of guys I like out there. That's why I'm interested. That's why I'm not. I think last year I, I, I liked some guys earlier than later in the round. Now yeah. in this draft, there are guys I really like later in the, in the first round that I'm, I absolutely love. So I'm not as concerned. There's going to be a lot of guys that are going to fall, and we could take any of them. I'm not worried, and you know, I, I I'm probably one of the few people who actually trusts our front office to make the right decision at 20. Yeah, you're definitely one of the few. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, I I'm, do too, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of doubters out there about our front office. Yeah, I know, and yeah, yeah, we haven't drafted Kucherov, uh, Kucherov type player, but I mean, who has? Yeah, and I know. I, I, let's not. We'll get. We get in that debate. We're gonna be here another half hour. Um, yeah, we, we will save that for the next episode because we, yeah. we will have one or two episodes until the draft that we can discuss this in. But yeah, yeah. I, so I, let's, I, yeah. I honestly think the Rangers will make the right decision at 20, and I just hope that they go with a forward because we desperately need forwards in our system. I'm not against, I'm not against that logic. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, so let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Let's, um, let's watch you know, game four tonight. Uh, you, see how that goes. Any predictions on game four? Um... I think St. Louis will bounce back. I, I don't. Do. I don't think they will be convincing. I think it will be a close game, but I think I think they will edge it out. I think St. Louis wins tonight. I think Boston wins the next two. Yeah, that's that, that's that's yeah. I could see that happening. Uh, I think Boston is the better team. I do too. And if Boston wins the Stanley Cup, then then they have earned it. If if in the conference final you sweep your opponent, then then you earn to go all the way. It's 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 really infuriating, man. That just that city of Boston. It's just like I don't want to deal with them right now. Look, I I've survived the Penguins going back to back. I can survive Boston winning this year. No, I'm talking about the city of Boston. For me, it's like all I got to hear is about the Patriots and the Red Sox. Not going to hear with the Bruins. It's just like. It's like this. It's like that city. The last thing that city needs is a new champion. You know, it's just uh, for me as for me as a New Yorker, it's just really like I just I, I just don't want to deal with that. I, if not, you shut up. If if you think about it, New York is the city that never sleeps, and Boston is the city that never weeps because they always win championships. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not the truth. <laughs> oh fuck, Boston. Any final thoughts? Fuck Boston. That's my final thought. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I actually do love the city of Boston, but man, can't you guys fucking lose for one? I haven't been to Boston yet, but it's a it's a fun town. It's actually a blast. It's a really cool place, man. Um, there's lot. I mean, if you're a history buff like I am, it is freaking awesome. Like, there's lots of cool stuff. Mm. Um, a lot of really good places to eat up there. Um, Fenway Park is an awesome place to watch a game. Like, B- Boston's great. Just, I- I'm sick of seeing them win, and that just drives me insane. Yeah. So we'll we'll get over it. Yeah. All right. So. We'll see you guys later on, and let's uh, let's let's get some questions going for the next show. Yes, uh, for the next one, I will probably tweet out uh, if people have questions, uh, which we will probably record next week, I think. Yep, and we'll see and if then, we can get a, and we'll see if we can get a guest on for next week. I have a couple of guys in mind that I'm going to reach out. Okay, and then the episode after that, uh, see if we can do something while I'm at the draft. Yep, I'm down with that one. All, All right, right. Man. All right, cool. sounds good. And take care, guys, and let's go, Rangers. All right. See you in the next one. Bye.